Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your kids, and your partner. We'll give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you. I'm Terilyn Griffin. I'm Caitlin Gabriel. And I'm Felicia Allen. Let's find the magic together. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Caitlin. I'm going to start us off with our high fives and face palms this week. So mine is a high five. Um, I am loving the fall. And last night, I actually made wassail for the first time in my whole life. And I used your recipe, Terlin, in the cookbook. And it's actually, I didn't realize this because I've never made it, but it's actually really, I think it's really healthy, right? I mean, it's pretty much just juice from fruit. It's like Mm -hmm. orange, lemon, apple, and then you put, like, a little bit of nutmeg and some cinnamon and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, like, made my house smell so good, mm. and it tasted so good. And I actually kind of felt, oh, and it has honey, too. And I thought, like, if I ever had a sore throat something, don't they say, like, lemon and honey? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, it tastes so good, yep. and I'm totally going to do this yeah. when I'm sick. So it was just a simple joy in life that just, it smelled good, it tasted good, it, like, felt warm and cozy. I just felt like mm. I was living the essence of fall. It. I know. Mm-hmm. It was so and it was so easy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so... I'll put that recipe in our email because it really is quite delicious and it will just bring the fall just into your into your soul. It's good. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's so good. excited. Well, I know I say this every season. This is Tara Lynn, by the way. I know I say this every season, but fall, I think, might actually be my favorite season. It's so delightful. My high five is during the fall, we do a thing called Mountain Week at our house. And I know Felicia does it too, where you just spend as much time in the wild as you possibly can enjoying the fall leaves. And this week, I took my, all my kids have been out, but now that three of my kids are in school, some of the days I've only taken my four-year-old, and in a way I kind of miss the other ones. But the high five is that even with just my one little four-year-old, it is still magical. I mean, we, we can spend two hours mm-hmm. literally with zero props, <laughs> zero money spent, just Mm-hmm. Some of the time we were playing together, building a four. Another time, well, when I say four, like trying to balance a stick on a rock. Mm-hmm. And then like an hour of it, I was just like, kind of just like meditating about how the trees looked against the sky, laying on my back while he was just in his own world. I mean, it was like so good oh. for all of us. And 
guys, nature, literally, it's free. It's mm-hmm. amazing to me. So, so true. my high five goes to fall and to nature and to the mountains this week Yeah. as we're focusing on mountain week in our house. And can I add that I feel like fall and spring, but fall mm-hmm. is like a perfect time to hike, especially with kids because you don't have to get up super early yeah. to be out of the heat. Totally. It's just like perfect weather during the day to go. The leaves are obviously beautiful. You got all the yummy smells. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like fall is like a perfect time to really mm-hmm. experience nature. Mm-hmm. It's true, because you can go just in the middle of the day. And it's and great. And it's not miserable. Yeah. yeah. Here in Utah. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. in the summer, I could not have spent... <clears throat> no. I mean, we spent two hours from, like, you know, one to three... Right. ...the other day. And in the summer, oh... That's it's like, terrible. you got to be up by at least six to be able to really enjoy totally. a hike. <laughs> totally. But, oh, sorry, that's great. <clears throat> okay, I also have a high five, and so gold stars all around this week. My high five is to actually... To our subject of our last episode, was that the last episode? Two episodes ago on habits. Um, I feel like oftentimes when we talk about something, it makes me double down on things that we believe. And we talked about habits and something that I've been trying to make a consistent habit is writing. And so I have been, since our episode, writing every, a paragraph a day is my Mm. writing floor Mm, is my small goal and but it's the whole concept of how it compounds is once you get writing then you want to write more and you're inspired so yes high five to just small habits building on each other on the one before so we want to share sponsors with you guys that we feel um really bring benefit to our life and that we um, believe in. And so we wanted to share two things this week that we are loving. Our first sponsor is Parasol. They are a diaper subscription company. And I know there's so many diapers out there and everybody loves different diapers for different reasons, but I really love Parasol. They've been my favorite with all of my kids. I actually, well, I didn't start using them until after I had Lenny, but I initially switched to using Parasol because they were biodegradable, sustainable. They put a lot of effort into making sure, like they only use black and white on their diapers because mm. they um, degrade better that way and, and different things. But my favorite thing about them as a mom is that they're ultra breathable and you can read into the science of this on their website but basically they let um, condensation from just your baby's body come out, but not the pee or the poop, which we don't want coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, but literally I noticed on my kids, diaper rash, even just that like redness, kind of like moist bum when they wear diaper through the night, completely gone. And when looking into the science, they, they reduce diaper rash by like 50 to 70 yeah amazing so really cool so they gave us um 20 off your first order with the code find the magic which is so awesome i feel like for that price you guys just have to try them and see what you think that sounds fabulous yes yeah, they're so good Terrilyn's out of diapers, so she's like, but that's I'm, awesome. I'm right in the throes of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just so. beginning, so this is perfect. Yes, yeah. I'm totally going to do it. I, but I used diapers for a decade. I wish I would have known about those <laughs> back then. And they deliver, right? You said yeah, that, right? Yeah. Which is Wipes also very nice. and diapers together in a little Oof. package. So you never run out. You never run out. Yeah, awesome. Okay. And it's parasol.com. 
Parasol.com. Mm-hmm. Parasol.com. Yeah. And the sponsor that I'm thrilled about this month is Blue Blocks. We did an interview with them, uh, with Andy Mant, a couple weeks ago, and it blew my mind. Um, the things that they do is it all has to do with light, and turns out that all the artificial light that we expose ourselves to during the day affects our health and our sleep so much. And guys, when I actually focus on my light hygiene in our home, it changes my sleep and my kids' sleep, and it is yeah. so fantastic. So, some product they have a lot of really great products, but they have for if you work on the computer during the day, they have blue light glasses that you literally just put on and they help just throughout the day with headaches and stuff like that when you're looking at your screen. Then they have sleep glasses, which are like the red glasses, um, and they are ones that I like to wear before bed. They look awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're out of like, kind of like Ellen Star John. Trek. A little bit. Or Ellen, Ellen John. John. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, they really help with your sleep a lot. And then they also have some glasses in the middle called the Summer Glow. And then the thing I'm actually most excited about, guys, is they have these things called Lumi bulbs where you can actually put light bulbs. They have red ones, which I am actually not a huge fan of red in my room. Mm -hmm. So they have these other ones that are um, just amber light. So it's just a nice bright light. But it doesn't have the blue and it doesn't have the flicker in it that really, like, affects our brain. So, I mean, I, I think it's such a great idea to, like, put them in a few places, maybe in a hallway that you leave on mm-hmm. at night so as your kids are wandering through the hallways like they sometimes do, uh, <laughs> they, they don't get blue light and it disrupts their circadian rhythm and everybody gets a little better sleep. So Blue Box is offering all of our customers 15% off your order. So if you just go to bluebox.com and use Find the Magic at checkout, you'll get 15% off any of those awesome products. And if you use them, totally let us know because I am fascinated by this and I really want to hear people's experience yes. of it. Yes, I have I have friends that have changed just their kids' light exposure and their kids that were having trouble going to sleep at night and game changer, which we always we all want our kids to sleep more. Right. Come on. And go to bed easier. Right. <laughs> okay, so guys, today we're talking about um, our relationship with ourselves as moms. Which, when we started to unpack this and look into it and read and research this topic that we felt like we should talk about, it's just, there's so many things. It, our relationship to ourselves um, as a mother, our identity as a mother, goes back to how we see our moms. And it also affects how we parent. And I think specifically... If we can be aware of it, it can help us create a strong relationship with our daughters. We've been wanting to talk about parenting daughters, and um, so we're hoping this can bring you guys some insight into that. And we wanted to talk about first seeing our relationship with our own mothers clearly. Um, This is something that is super important to me. I was raised by a single mom, and I... I feel like I've gone through um, waves of resentment towards that dynamic that I had with her, but then also waves of appreciation and seeing um, why we she was so amazing for raising us on her own. And I feel like seeing this clearly really has brought me peace, like as I can see it more clearly. And as I can value her competences um, 
and value what she brought to our relationship, regardless of if it looked like what we would expect mothering to look like. Um, it's helped me love myself more and appreciate myself more as a mother. Um, and so, yeah, I just think that's so important to look at our mom and say, oh, I, the, I loved X, Y, and Z about how she parented me instead of focusing on like, oh my gosh, like why didn't she just, you know, a big thing for me was always looking back and, and remembering no one was ever at my activities Mm -hmm. or my sports or, or signing my permission slips or there when I had a spelling bee or something. But if I can flip it and see and appreciate her for, well, she was at work, she was providing for us so we could have food and a house, it just makes me feel um, more competent as a mom myself because I'm pulling from her strengths and because we take so much of our identity from our mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if absolutely. we're looking at all of her negative aspects, I think subconsciously we're taking those onto ourselves or or trying to strongly push against, like, I will never be like her. Like, I think I did myself a disservice for so many years because I remember when my mom would cook with me, she'd be very overpowering. Mm-hmm. And even when I was an adult, like we'd have Thanksgiving mm-hmm. all together and I just want to throw up my hands like, if you say one more thing to me, I'm going to freak out. Like, just <laughs> let me make the mashed potatoes or whatever. But but I tried to flop it and look and see, oh my gosh, my mom was an amazing cook. And she and in so many moments, she when I was younger, she taught me so many things about how to cook. And if I embrace that, embrace her bold, overwhelming cooking self, I can draw from her recipes, from her skill as a cook instead of faulting it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just so interesting how we can find our m- more meaning by looking at it that way. Yeah, find the gifts in her mothering. Right, like, right, right. I like that. And you're an amazing cook now, so that's, oh, that's like really, really nice. cool that that's where <laughs> I feel like everything you make, I'm always like, oh, so good. Mm, it really is. And I think magic happens when we give people grace yes. in general. Mm-hmm. You know, I I can't remember if it was Harriet Lerner who said this in her book on mothers and daughters. Well, she did say this. She said, we can't escape facing our relationship with our mothers. Mm-hmm. Even the most difficult, mm-hmm. the mother, she's like, people try to just, I don't want to face it, but it affects us so much. It's important for us to at least look at it clearly mm-hmm. and work through the issues there. Right. Yeah. And part of that, I think, is simply looking with observation with a little bit of grace. Mm-hmm. So when we, and the thing I'm not sure if her or another author said this, but that all mothers, all parents are, if we give them the grace of they did the best with what they had, mm-hmm. and that might mean for some people, guys, this is really hard to swallow, but it might mean that your parent was abusive mm-hmm. because they had terrible tools, mm-hmm. maybe trauma, maybe addictions, and that love was not coming through like it should have, and it wasn't what you deserved, and it wasn't healthy. Mm-hmm. However, that doesn't mean that we have to live with uh, crippling. That doesn't have to cripple us for the rest of our lives. And I think it starts with seeing it clearly. And I think we can recognize that is something that, you know, I don't want to pass forward. Mm-hmm. But if I look at it from 
just a little bit of empathy of whatever was happening inside of their mind was obviously causing them a lot of pain as well. Mm -hmm. Or whatever that grace looks like for you. For me, I always just tell myself, people are doing the best they can with the tools they have. And whether that's truth or not, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I do know, Brene Brown says this, but what I do know is that it changes the way I look at the world and that's the belief system that I'm choosing to have is that people do the best with the tools they have. Mm -hmm. Sometimes those tools end up doing damage to people. However, it isn't until I can actually see the tools clearly that I'm able to choose which tools I want in my toolbox. So we give our parents a little bit of grace, Mm -hmm. whether you had a really dysfunctional childhood or you feel like your parents were just so amazing and you can never live up to them. The same thing there, right? Right. They did the best they could with the tools they had and they did a great job. And you may or may not be, well, in fact, I can say this with certainty, you are not the same person Mm -hmm. as your parents. Right. So you get to choose what parts you take into your own family and... It's liberating, but I don't think we can actually liberate ourselves to make our own choice and be the best parents we can be until we can see what our parents did clearly mm-hmm. with a touch of grace. Right. You know? And I think the parent-child relationship, and but especially like mother-daughter, we have such, I feel like just because of the nature of moms in general, we get an insight to their biggest weaknesses because... Mm-hmm. We, we were with, like, they were with us from mm-hmm. babyhood. And mm-hmm. so I think with that, it's, like, very easy to be, like, oh, like, if they just would have done, or, like, if this would have been a little bit different, or mm-hmm. I, I think, but I think, I love that, looking at it with some grace. And I think something that I loved in Harriet Lerner's book is the idea that if we don't see and value our mother's competences, we can't truly value and see ourselves. And so I think, I love that it's, like, if we address that role with our mother, whether it was, whether we feel overall good or maybe overall negatively about it if we kind of like come to terms with it like you know like like you said Felicia these are some hard things that were really Mm -hmm. tough for me but at the same time she was doing the best with what Mm -hmm. she had and here's some really great gifts that I had from it and seeing that and just what you said like we are not them but we can see them for who they are and that they're not perfect but they're all like they are flawed um and like we can love and accept that Mm -hmm. because they are just human and recognizing that that's an important part of of who you are or how you might parent. I think just doing that exercise of of looking at it and coming to a place of clarity what you want to take and and what you don't then allows you to differentiate yourself mm-hmm. from them. Mm-hmm. Or else you're just in this big mess muddled up mm-hmm. in your head doing stuff over and over again you don't even know why mm-hmm. right so many things we learn as children become things that we do unintentionally later because we haven't realized that we have the power to rewrite our script mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and my mom I mean my I told you guys about my mom she had uh, an emo- emotionally and verbally abusive dad and she had a therapist once tell her it's really sad that he told you that script mm-hmm. that you're not worthwhile that you're worthless which is the exact same thing. <laughs> but um, but the, all the things that she was, she was too much, mm-hmm. that she was, you know, had too strong of emotions, whatever. It's like, that's really sad that he gave you that strict, that script. That was wrong, mm-hmm. and you deserve better, right? All children deserve wonderful, loving, unconditional parents. However, it's, all, it's still a tragedy now that you're playing that script, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But we have the opportunity to change whatever script we have. My favorite thing in Harriet Lerner's book on mothers and daughters is this concept of differentiation in general, that because our mothers were with us from the beginning, often times, uh, that, and even in the situation where your mother, you only had her for a short period, whether it's through adoption or death or any other way, as she said, even that relationship is worth looking at, Mm -hmm. no matter 
whatever whatever your mother's situation, it's always worth looking at that relationship and seeing how it is affecting you. Mm-hmm. But she talked about differentiation, which to me was like, oh my gosh, yes, this applies to all of us. That we sometimes, so say you had a dysfunctional mother, uh, sometimes the most healthy thing as an adult is to distance yourself, right? Set whatever boundaries, and it might be physical distance. Mm-hmm. Um, some, mm-hmm. but she said the problem is a lot of people, if it's just in the realm of like normal, you know, like whatever range is still a healthy space to be around your mother, some daughters find that if they aren't their mother, that they are doing things differently, that they feel like they also have to sever connection and like live way far mm-hmm. away because mm-hmm. that's the only way to be their own person. And her, her, idea here is that we can actually differentiation differentiate ourselves and be independent people while still being connected to our mother so you can say she gives the example of uh, this girl hadn't there's abuse in their family and she wanted to have a relationship with her aunt and the mom didn't want her to have a relationship with her aunt and she could say i see mother that we are seeing this differently and this script to me is actually super brilliant i see that that is what's working for you. However, for me, I want contact with this person, so I am going to. But I hear what you're saying, and I can see that our ways are not going to be the same. And the cool thing is you can use this with anybody when you're disagreeing. Mm -hmm. Our ways are not going to be the same. This is the way I'm choosing for me. And it could be how you're parenting your kid. Your mom could be like, I don't like how you're parenting your kid. Mm -hmm. And you could say, I see what you're saying, but my way is going to be different than your way. But it doesn't mean I don't value you or that we can't have a connection still, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. This is so silly, because my mom was fabulous. I mean, she was so, so great. Uh, and almost in every way, I just want to be like her. But it's been funny as an adult, just little things like, I found that as an adult, I have a different taste in clothes than her that I didn't even know before, <laughs> right? Like as a teenager, I thought my I thought we like was the same. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I actually like these colors and I like this like softer fabric and more comfortable and that kind of thing. And as I've told her that, like, just so you know, I actually like this. It's been so cool because she's like, oh, okay, great. And she totally, because she's kind of my personal shopper. I don't really like shopping She's that also much. my personal shopper. <laughs> she does it for both of us. I call, Sometimes Felicia, but yeah. I call her my stylist. Like, people ask me where I get my clothes, and I'm like, my stylist. <laughs> anyway, but, um, but I'll tell her, like, I actually like this better. And she'll give me something. She's like, I would never choose this, but I know you would. Mm-hmm. And it's really sweet to me that she has honored as I do things differently. Even as I do things differently in my home, how I keep my house, I do it totally different and I love it because she is actually way respectful of that. Like, I value what you do and our ways are different and that's okay. To me, that's just a brilliant concept in any relationship, but especially a relationship with our mothers. We can differentiate, be different, totally different people, have different ways and still have a possibility of connection if that Mm-hmm. is what we want in our mm-hmm. lives, right? Totally. It's really quite just liberating. That right. We don't have to agree on everything. We don't have to do it the same way as they did. Yeah, but we can still or, be connected. And that's completely okay. rebel and push against. We mm-hmm. don't have to totally agree and be exactly like our mothers. Or totally, like on my end, I feel like for so long it was like, I just want to rebel against mm-hmm. everything you do. Mm-hmm. But we, mm-hmm. can, we can choose. Yeah. I think this goes perfectly into talking about how we see ourselves as a mother um, because we've talked about this a little bit and I think it's, um, what's the right word, muddy ground in talking about how how our kids are re- reflections of us. Because if we're, if we're looking at, you know, 
our relationship to our moms. I feel like there's so many like us as a mom, them as a mom. I hope you're following. But if we're looking at how we, we are, we do have certain things that we do because of things that our moms did or the opposite. We had something in our moms that drove us insane. So we're pushing against it or fighting against it. And we've talked about this on a few episodes. And I, so I think it's worth just clarifying that as we look at how, what we do affects our kids, it's so important to not oversimplify it. I think, um, it's, it's really a relationship and it is going to go both ways while we do need to, um, remember that when our kids tantruming or they're getting bad grades at school or they're a bully, that is not because of us. We need to remove that, that guilt. But also, it's not a direct reflection. Direct reflection of our value. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes. But I do think it's important to remember that our our kids are sponges and they do feed off of our vibe that we're sending out. And so I do think it's important to remember that if you're having a, a day to day reoccurring problem with one of your kids, I do think it is important to look within not saying not guilting yourself and saying I'm causing them to have these repeated tantrums but I think our kids can be a mirror in a different sense of something that perhaps we need to work on I think our kids are sent here to teach us stuff oh totally and it sounds like you're saying the magic to me here comes when we can approach it with curiosity instead of blame right instead of why is my kid doing mm-hmm. this? I must be failing. Because mm-hmm. that's where we go, right? right? We go immediately to, my kid's not perfect. I'm a failure. Like, mm-hmm. that somehow is this, that's mm-hmm. how it goes mm-hmm. for us. However, if we can simply say, wow, my kid is struggling. I'm curious. Is there something that I can do here mm-hmm. to contribute? Is there something I'm doing to contribute? And I, I always like to start with myself. But knowing if you just, like any relationship in our life, influence goes both ways. We influence as much as we can, they influence us, and then in the end, we respect that independence, that whole person that each of us is, Mm -hmm. to your kids will make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Your kids will make bad decisions, Mm -hmm. and in the end, that isn't failure for you. Mm -hmm. You are independent people, everybody has agency and their own independence, and we have to honor that. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's a way of, we're giving ourselves grace. So we're taking what we did with our mothers, right? Mm -hmm. In this conversation. And we're now applying it to ourselves. We're giving ourselves the, I'm curious, am I contributing to this problem? Mm -hmm. Or am I contributing to this glorious, amazing thing that my kid's Mm -hmm. doing too? I think Mm -hmm. it's fine to be curious about both. Like, I love it when my kids say something that they've heard me say, Mm -hmm. and I approve of it. I mean, I love that where they're like, the one kid will drop something, say like, if my littlest will drop something and break a glass, and I can hear my older daughter say, that happens, but luckily we can fix our own messes and like teach them how to yep. sweep up. Like mm-hmm. that to me, I can be curious about like, I am so thrilled that mm-hmm. my influence that I'm proud of rubbed right. off on them, right? You can right. be curious on both ways. Right. But when it's your kids making a mistake, it doesn't have to be also, oh my gosh, I'm a failure. It can be, I'm curious. Am I contributing? Right. I like to start with myself always, always, always. But then you're not taking on the entire blame of it, right? It's this balance of giving grace recognizing our contribution in the influence like in any relationship Mm -hmm. in our life Mm -hmm. and it kind of takes us off the hook of I think as mothers 
Harriet says this as we get older, oftentimes we blame so much on our mothers, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So much. Because motherhood is such this like huge oh, role huge. that sometimes we worship and sometimes we demean, depending on what side of the spectrum you're on. But our society does both. Mm -hmm. Both puts it on a pedestal and demeans it and says it's not worthwhile. Mm -hmm. If you're on either side of that spectrum, then you're going to do a lot of blaming. Mm -hmm. That everything in the world is just because a mother is failing mm -hmm. or succeeding. And I think that's a narrow way of looking at things. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, giving ourselves, acknowledging the power that we have as mothers, we do have a ton of influence. Mm -hmm. So it's a, for me, it's like this balance of, mm -hmm. yes, I have a lot of power, I have a lot of influence. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I am going to make mistakes and my kids are going to be their own independent people and do things sometimes that I approve of, sometimes that I don't. But it can't be my definition of a worth. My worth as a person and a mother is conditional on the outcome of my children. Because right. I actually don't have control of that. I have influence, but not control. And I don't want control. Mm -hmm. I want them to actually grow up to be their own people, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And to make choices that they choose because of, hopefully because of your influence, but it's intrinsically motivated. Mm -hmm. And that's what that Yes, is. from a cultivation standpoint. Right. Uh, what, what, what book was it they talked about? Uh, was it The Awakened Family by Shefali Sawberry? But where, I can't remember. It was such a good book, whatever it was. But that when we are raising children, it's like we're planting wildflowers, right? Yeah. We are cultivating and we are doing everything we can to influence. But when you sprinkle wildflowers, you don't even know what kind of seed you planted. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. we don't, we're discovering our children as they discover themselves. Mm -hmm. So if we control, we you have to form into this space, then that doesn't serve anybody. Mm -hmm. But it's it would be irresponsible to say that I have no power here. Right. But because, mm -hmm. of course, the soil that you're putting them and the water that you're feeding them and the fertilizer and all that stuff makes a difference in them becoming the best wildflower they can be. Mm -hmm. However, if I put them in a cage and force them to be a daisy if they're a rose, that's also not serving them. Mm -hmm. So it's... It's an inch. It's, for That's me, a, it's like the most important balance in my life to find. And we all, you know, I'm just vacillating back and forth. But it's really glorious when we like step back and think of how amazing this opportunity we have, guys, to actually, as mothers, witness little humans grow into whatever beautiful thing they were meant to be. It's so, it's such an honor. But because it's such an honor, I think we also pile on all sorts of baggage with yes, that honor and some guilt and that's our goal in this episode is help us kind of unpack that baggage a little bit and help us see our roles with a little bit more clarity a little bit more grace and hopefully with more hope mm -hmm. yeah totally I really like that imagery of the flower thing too just because we don't actually do the growing like they like we don't do the miracle of the growing we can mm -hmm. do we, we have things that are in our control that we can influence which I love thinking about that like what's in my control here's some things that I can do but then in the end it is true. They are a separate thing, and they there's so many other influences that go into that. So I really like that that imagery. It's good. So I think when we're talking about these roles that we can put ourselves into, oh, I hear so much conversation about this where it's like the the stereotypes of types of moms. Mm -hmm. So. And the guilt people feel mm -hmm. on both ends. Yes. So if you're home, then 
oh my gosh, that's boring. Or we're just like the overbearing, like brushing every hair to the side for the kid mom and that's all we care about and that's mm-hmm. where our worth is. And was it Gloria Steinem who said, if you don't work outside the home, you're like letting all women down or something right. like that. Right, Like yeah. you're letting feminism. You're letting feminism yeah. down. Right. Yeah, yes. Yes, so if you're... So you're feeling that if you're a stay-at-home mom. Right, right. right. Like you don't have value <laughs> you're not in con- working. You're not contributing, not contributing to the society of the world. Yeah, yet. yeah. Like what are you doing all day? That's just, what are you doing? It's just boring and easy. <laughs> I actually had a friend just posted yesterday. She's like, what do all you stay-at-home moms even do? Like, <laughs> she's like, I'm jealous, but I'm also like, so like how do you even, what do you do with your time? And I was like, oh, if you're in, I think the thing is we all just have to give honor to whatever mm-hmm. you're doing because all of us are filling all of our time. Yes. With whatever right. you're doing. And as I'm saying this, there's no judgment to whatever you're doing. Right. Sincerely. Right. It's just we are all taking our 24 hours and doing our best with yes. the yeah. way, with the choices that we have because mm-hmm. everybody has different choices, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it isn't a choice. And second of all, we're doing what we think is best for our family. Yeah. And But we're all using our 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. On the other end of the spectrum is um, people who are choosing to work mm-hmm. or not choosing it. Or needing to, yeah. Or needing to. And they're, you know, they're not enough of their kids. They're looked down on by maybe mothers or mother-in-laws or people who value, you know, someone staying home. Mm-hmm. And I think exactly what you said, it's the dangerous place we can get in as women is when we think that we can do 48 hours in 24 hours. Mm -hmm. That we somehow, as women, because we're trying to protect what we've earned for where we've come as women, that we then can not only be a full-time mom, but we can work full-time and our house can be spotless and we can make all the meals mm-hmm. and we, we also look, look great <laughs> all the time and mm-hmm. go to like lots of workout classes mm-hmm. and all those things. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where it gets dangerous is there when we think there won't be sacrifice anywhere. I think we do need to recognize that we have to make sacrifices and we have to choose those sacrifices and not think that we can do all the things all the time. Right. And really seeing that our role as mothers is so important. And I think, um, yeah, like just recognizing that like that role is irreplaceable in so many mm-hmm. ways. And mm-hmm. um, I think there's so much like even like science that goes into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, I don't know, I love just like knowing that this really is one of the most important things that we could do. And um, I was listening to a, a podcast earlier that was talking about how if we if we focus on ourselves as mothers and that role, like at the end of this life, we do want to like know that that relationship, that, like that that child that's holding our hand as we're dying, like mm-hmm. that's the relationship that really we care so much matters. about. And that's the one that we've been with them from the beginning. And I just think it's so, it's so cool to think of like, that is such a huge impact that we have as mothers, you know? Yeah, and not to undervalue what we're doing in the home. So I, I think... If you are choosing to be home with your kids, I think society can send you a message that you should be doing a lot of other stuff Mm -hmm. also at the same time. And I think, so for me, in choosing to be home with my kids, it did, it was really hard. And especially when I just, you know, with my first two boys, I still worked full time from home. Luckily, I had like that setup that, you know, I was finding 
not any sort of balance, but I, but I do feel like I was in my subconscious feeling like if I just stop working altogether, like what, what am I doing? I'm just sitting home all day, like cleaning up spills and changing diapers. And I think we, we need to see how much more value day-to-day life with our kids has than that. Don't downplay how important it is if you do choose that, because I think you can then end up in a place of, you know, like bordering on depression where you're angry Mm -hmm. that you're doing the dishes again, or you're bored (laughs) because you don't really care about the stupid ladybug anymore or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, I think we can just get into this dark place. Um, Caitlin this morning was saying that she had a teacher that, um, would always say, if you're interested in this topic, whatever it is, then it's interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think applied to kids, that is so relevant. It If you look at it like it's mundane and like you're not making any money, so what's the value mm-hmm. of it, blah, 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 of course it's going to be so miserable mm-hmm. and boring. Right. But if you see that kids are going to become full humans and your job is bringing that worth into society and creating a person who's going to contribute to society, I mean, it almost gives me chills. Like, there isn't a greater thing than you can right. do, you know? And I think with that, because obviously my baby is 15 months. So, like, when you think about that, it, when I think about that, if, if you're interested, it's interesting. It makes it into a choice of, like, really anything. Because when I heard that as as a student, I remember thinking, like, oh, wow. Like, even though initially I'm not thinking that this book or this Mm -hmm. thing is going to be that interesting. I can choose to be interested and it can become interesting. And so I love that idea and I have brought it into other aspects of my life. And I think in motherhood, it can definitely be brought in because it can be easy. Like you said, especially when they're just brand new babies all the way up again, my, the first year of baby's life. Um, it's not like they're doing tons of things, Mm -hmm. right? Like they're sleeping a lot, they're eating a lot, and you're changing their diaper mm-hmm. a lot. Like, Repeat. that's that's a lot of mm-hmm. th- stuff that's happening. Mm-hmm. And when I think about, like, my baby, he's just barely starting to say, like, some little words. But, like, me and him have never actually had a conversation, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. and he's the person I'm with all day, all day. every day. Mm-hmm. But yet, it can be so interesting if we choose to see it. And, like, I think we've all had the experience where either you're holding a brand new baby that's, I mean, in the whole scheme of things, they're not actually doing anything. Mm -hmm. Like, they're just sitting there. But it can be so magical because... Mm -hmm. Totally. And I think there's something about being mindful. I'm just thinking, like, what am I feeling right now? What am I smelling? What Mm -hmm. am I seeing? And it is a slower time of life. And, like, Mm -hmm. taking that as a gift... And embracing it. Embracing Mm -hmm. that slower pace of life because that pace will change. And, like, things will pick up eventually at some point. But, like, taking the time to just see that as a gift, I think is actually a big blessing in motherhood that we all go through seasons, right? There's some seasons that are slower and there's some seasons that are wild and crazy. Mm -hmm. But I think it's a gift of motherhood. And if we choose to see our kids and our role as in, like if we're interested in it, it Mm -hmm. can become interesting. So like, Mm -hmm. and I I definitely have seen that. And I think it's a change. It's just a mindset shift. It's not necessarily that our actions are changing or even that our kids are doing something different, but it's that change in this is so important and I can be interested in it. And it can become incredibly interesting to see these little souls become and do different things. I see it with I see it with Emmett all the time. Even though we're not having necessarily a conversation like I'm having with you guys, I'm, I feel like there's this beautiful relationship that we're having mm-hmm. that's so mm-hmm. fun, mm-hmm. you know? With babies, I feel like you have this, they're not word conversations, but they're these beautiful exchanges of energy that mm-hmm. I've never had with any other human ever mm-hmm. besides with a baby. There's something that happens inside their mind and inside their eyes that 
you have to look closely and you have to be still. Mm -hmm. But I mean, some of my most beautiful moments in my entire life have been while holding a baby, looking into their eyes. Mm -hmm. But you do have to slow down, I think, to see that. And Mm -hmm. then you have these beautiful, I'm going to say them like beautiful spirit to spirit conversations, Mm -hmm. even though they're not with words. Mm -hmm. And I think there's beauty to that. And I think it's, there's honor in whatever it is that you are putting your life work into, Mm -hmm. there's honor there. Mm -hmm. And if that's spending all the time with your kids or part of the time with your kids or just as much time as you have, Mm -hmm. in addition to whatever other things you're putting your life work into the world, there is beauty there in all those situations. I have a quote on my fridge that's right above. So every time I go to get water, it says that it's by C.S. Lewis and it's, children are not distractions from the most important things. They are the most important things. And I think that there are a lot of important things in this world. A lot. I mean, I think the work we do here, I feel like is part of my calling. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's all sorts of other places that I want to contribute into the world. But I like reminding myself that no matter how, how the time ends up being split, I want to remember that my kids are the most important work Mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. So uh, as you guys were talking, what came into my mind is we, we touched on that topic of mom shaming, right? You have people on one end saying, you, you know, mm-hmm. stay at home moms feel guilty for some reasons. Moms who work full time feel guilty for some reasons. Mom who work outside the home part time feel guilty for a bajillion reasons. Mm-hmm. That is literally the nature of all of motherhood because of the beauty of the time we live and the difficulty in the time we live. And so knowing that, obviously, we all know that as we shame other people that it's not helpful. Right. But I think where it really comes down to it again, this is where this is where I feel empowered and liberated is that we don't have to shame ourselves, mm-hmm. right? Whatever it is, be curious about your choice. I think sometimes we feel like we're trapped, mm-hmm. but there's always, we can always look at our situation and see what's working for us and realize that we are choosing it, right? Yeah. And that's empowering. It's way empowering. And to see why, why am I choosing this? Maybe it's, maybe you're like, hold on, I don't have a choice. I'm a single mom. I have to work to live, to put food on our table. However, the beauty of it is when you reframe as a choice, I am choosing to because I value feeding my children. Mm-hmm. It feels different, providing for right? Them. Mm-hmm. So you go from feeling trapped to even though circumstances are making you feel trapped, choosing to look at it through the lens, what are you choosing? Mm-hmm. And what is the why for that choice? Even though your choices are limited, there's still empowerment there. And if we can let go of the shame of it, choose what you have like Mm -hmm. make a conscious choice this is what i'm choosing Mm -hmm. this is why Mm -hmm. and i'm choosing not to shame myself and i can still put my children as a priority in my heart and in our minds having our children be the most interesting part of our hearts and our minds regardless of the other things that we're doing in our life Mm -hmm. i think is huge so that to me is liberating Mm -hmm. let's i'll take a step back from the whole shaming thing look where you are decide why you're choosing it Make a list of why, like, why am I doing this? And then actually just giving this, I feel like this whole episode to me is coming back to honoring where we are and giving ourselves the grace that we're doing the best we can Mm -hmm. and being curious about what we can do better to contribute. Right. Yeah, definitely. And I think something like the things that you're saying too, I think one of the biggest benefits of doing that, um, and, and deciding like, why am I doing this? I'm going to choose to do it. I think one of the beauties and one of the benefits of doing that is that we are then able to 
when, when it changes from a get to, not a have to, it just totally changes. It gives meaning to it. Whereas I feel like 85% of the things that we do, whether you're working outside the home or whether you're working inside the home, it feels like 80% of the, or more of the things that you do are mundane. And they're things that you're going to be doing every day. It's kind of like a repeat, right? Like you're cleaning this, you're yep. doing diapers, you're doing this, you're doing that. But if you're thinking about the why and why I'm doing it, and I think it goes, I think another tool for me is being mindful about it. It's like thinking about how this feels when I'm doing it instead of just like this is a task to get through, like a means to an end, a diaper change. It's like it's a means to an end so we can get on. But if I change it into I'm doing this for these reasons because I love my baby, I, I want him to be clean, but also I'm connecting with my baby, it totally changes it. You're doing the same exact things, but it changes into a connecting thing and it brings meaning to it. And I think that you can put that in any part of your life, whether it's working outside the home, inside the home. But I think being a mom and making our, like you said, making our children the most interesting things in our hearts and in our minds, I think it does bring a lot of meaning that I think makes all the difference in the world. It's mm-hmm. so empowering. As you were saying that, I realized that even, because I can like hear you saying, well, diaper changing isn't a choice. You have to change your kid's diaper, right? But you are right that even that, like you can make a list of those things. Cleaning up throw up. I mean, <laughs> I'm just like thinking of all my least favorite things about motherhood, right? Um, I mean, you change, I bet. I don't know how many thousands of diapers I have changed, right? I thought about that the other day. And it feels, <laughs> and it feels sometimes <laughs> like it's not a choice. But when you liberate yourself to realizing that it is, it is a choice. You want to know why I'm choosing it? Because I don't want my kid to get a diaper rash. Mm-hmm. And why am I choosing it? Because I am choosing to help this child grow and be healthy. And I'm also choosing to have these be moments of connection, like Halen said, and being mindful that even the things that don't feel like choices, if you really think about it, throw up. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a choice. It feels like you have to clean it up. However, if I really stop, I still am choosing because I don't want my house to be a disgusting mess, right? It's still a choice. And when I actually look at it as a choice and look at it as why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. Because I love my kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It totally changes the entire thing. All the things we do, no matter what it is, when we look at it through the lens of choice and what matters to us, it takes everything, it gives meaning to everything. Felicia always says this, and Felicia, I can hear your voice in my mind saying this. It's one of my very favorite things, that all the mundane, this is like making me emotional, all the (laughs) mundane things that we think are mundane, that's what our kids' lives are made of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't care that, like to our little, to my little four-year-old, yeah, we sweep the house every day and pick up our toys and he follows me around that's as we do our life. things. And that's what his life mm-hmm. is made of, mm-hmm. right? Like he doesn't have other things that he's like thinking about what he's going to be writing mm-hmm. for this article and mm-hmm. thinking about what he's going to be doing here and there and there. He's just there with me Present. living his mm-hmm. life along with whatever schedule I have for him. Mm-hmm. But all those mundane things literally add up to a person's life. And I don't think... A child's, well, I know that a child's life is just as valuable as an adult's life. Even though they're not contributing in the way we as adults contribute to the world, they're still a full life. Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, wow, I'm really emotional <laughs> about that. that. But I love the Felicia. I love you say I that because I hear it in my mind as we're just doing our mundane things sometimes. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is the same thing. Mm-hmm. I've done this And then so I look at things. him, but that is... And that you. is what his life is made of. Mm-hmm. And if I'm being and you're present. you're part of that. Yeah, and I'm a part of that. And if I'm present with it and realizing that it's a choice, then it makes the whole thing really magical. Mm-hmm. It is magical. That was the word I was thinking. Yeah. And valuing 
valuing, it, may, it helps you value those moments instead of that reel that's in the back of your mind, like, oh, but yeah, what about that oh, mm-hmm. article I was going to write? And I was going to contact that person. And then, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to call that guy. And then, you know, I want to go to that class. And how am I going to do that? And you guys are driving me crazy. And now I'm resentful. Mm-hmm. And then I'm turning it into like a martyr thing. Mm-hmm. I think, yes, it all comes down to choice and wrestling with what our choices are going to be. Because if we just go on to the next day without saying, you know, how am I going to choose this? Then we end up at the end of our lives doing a lot of stuff that we we didn't feel like we got to choose. And again, sometimes, like you said with, you know, sometimes you have to work or we can make those all choices to make those things beautiful yep. instead of and feeling resent. Yes. And you me. might be choosing to work because it's you're passionate about right. that field. Right. And that's a glorious choice mm-hmm. when you when you own that mm-hmm. choice. And be intentional. And, and your reason. And you decided why. it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And being curious being curious and having grace as you allow yourself to make those decisions. This has been such a beautiful conversation and we were going to dive into um, raising daughters also on this episode, but wow. I'm glad we went down that different path and we are going to save um, raising our daughters, how we can look at things like their meaning, body image, um, all of that for another episode. So thanks you guys for joining us today talking about how we can find value and meaning in ourselves as mothers and in our mothers, all those good things. All right, let's find the magic. <clears throat> me, 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 me. <laughs> Brown cows. <laughs>